Biological systems are able to create complex shapes and patterns, like the stripes of a zebra, the shape of your hand, or the dynamic displays of flocks of birds. These shapes develop in an emergent and self-organised way, relying on just local interactions between individuals. In contrast, human design technology is usually created by an external builder. But now a team of roboticists and biologists have come together to design robot swarms that can self-organise themselves into complex shapes. I'm Hannah Levinch-Logelhofer and I spoke with Sabina Howitt from the Bristol Robotics Lab. In this paper, we take inspiration from morphogenesis or shape formation in nature to design robot swarms uh, that work in 300. So there's 300 robots that grow shapes in a fully self-organized way. Are there any particular examples in nature that you took inspiration from? In nature, you might have seen some animals have spots or some animals have stripes. Those are called Turing patterns. And actually what we do on our robot swarm is that the robots, a little bit like cells, exchange chemical information. And as a result of that, you create Turing spots. How do the individual robots work in your cluster of 300 robots? So these robots are coin-sized. They have two vibrating motors that allow them to turn left, right, and go straight. Uh, And they have an LED, so we can know what state they're in. We use that to show the Turing spots. Uh, And they can communicate with neighbors within uh, 10 centimeters using infrared, which is basically what you have in in your remote control for the TV. So how does a swarm develop? Basically, we put 300 coin-sized robots in a disc, tightly packed, Each robot stores two chemical signals called morphogens, and these virtual chemicals react with each other. And using this balancing act of reaction, basically levels go up or down. And then on top of that, each robot is going to send its morphogens to neighboring robots so that these morphogens can diffuse throughout the swarm. And through this diffusion and these reactions, you have spots that emerge. And then the robots move along the edge of the swarm from area where there's no spot to area where there are spots. And that allows them to grow protrusions. Uh, And this takes on the order of three hours. Uh, So it looks actually very organic when you watch these swarms grow. What's the particular advantage of having these robots being self-organizing? Self-organization is great because simple agents using simple rules but in large numbers can do these really beautiful complex tasks. And, and these swarms are, are scalable, so we can add huge numbers. They're robust, so if individual fails, the whole doesn't fail. So, for example, we tried chopping off some of the protrusions, and the robots uh, either regrow the protrusions or they reassign robots that are in the surroundings, and they can adapt to their environment. For example, we can start with a rectangular swarm, uh, and it'll still create these shapes. So this could be really useful if you're thinking of deploying robots for environmental monitoring, for example. Uh, So I quite like the fact that these shapes that we're creating can self-repair and and can reorganize to adapt to the thing that they're trying to do. Is there any possibility that these robots might self-organize into something that you're not expecting or not anticipating? Um, And if so, are you doing anything to try and minimize those risks? That's a really important question because ultimately we want to deploy these swarms in the real world to do things like environmental monitoring or to do things like search and rescue. Uh, And so we need to make sure that they do what we want them to do and not what we don't want them to do. Uh, And there's really two ways we go about this. One is we can design the robots to be safe 
by design. So for example, maybe they're very simple, not very capable on the individual level. Maybe they even biodegrade. That would be great. Uh, the other aspect is we can do thorough tests to understand, for example, in this case, what shapes would emerge. Uh, and by having this thorough understanding, we can get confidence that these systems would do what we expect in the real world. But this is really a research question, an important one to, to crack. So what are you hoping to do next for this um, technology? This work is a proof of concept that we can create self-organized shapes using very large numbers of robots. Uh, but really, we want these shapes to be functional, to do something useful in the real world. What's beautiful is we just need a couple rules on each one of these robots, and we get these shapes. And changing the parameters, you get different shapes. So we're trying to understand how to make these shapes, for example, reach out as far as possible. And because everything is connected, say it was a search and rescue scenario, we could connect to victims or a victim and a rescuer. And then you could follow those, those limbs or those paths uh, to the areas uh, where you would have that victim. You can imagine building structures, for example. And for that, we need to understand how to control the shapes to make them useful. That was Sabina Howitt from Bristol University. And this work was recently published in Science Robotics and is part of the International Swarm Organ Project.